Welcome to the SDA Housing Podcast, brought to you by NDIS Property Australia. Before starting this episode, we need to provide a general disclaimer. Information contained in this podcast is general in nature only. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your financial situation and needs before making any decisions based on the information in this podcast. And you should consider seeking independent and professional advice for your personal circumstances. All right, let's begin. Hello, everybody. My name is Min, and I'm here with Debbie, and we are your co-hosts. We are your hosts for today from NDIS Property Australia here in Brisbane, and you're listening to the SDA Housing Podcast, a show that explains, highlights, guides, and brings awareness about all things SDA and NDIS in this ever-changing NDIS world. Debbie, welcome. Good morning. But uh, today, Debbie, what's our, our topic of discussion today on um, today's episode? We, we thought it would be interesting to talk about what you as an investor should be looking out for when you're speaking to your NDIS real estate agent uh, or your mar- property marketer um, when looking at purchasing an NDIS house and land package or off the plan unit or whatever it is. Mm. So what you what you should be looking out for, what you should be asking that agent, what questions you've got. Debbie, in our journey to get where we are now after the last two years, we've come across a lot of clients who've come to us saying, oh, I've bought this property or I'm about, to, I'm about to buy this property, which is NDIS, or, or I've already built it and it's empty, right? For whatever reason, we get a lot of these inquiries, don't we? Mm. And what's your take on on clients coming to you saying, I've, I've got... The, I've been presented this or, or whatnot from another agent. What do you normally ask them? Well, obviously, I, I'm, I'm going to be qualifying them to find out where they're at. If they have actually purchased something, they may be looking for help to tenant it, but they're more likely coming to us saying, I've been speaking to other companies. Um, they're telling me I can get this kind of a yield. They're, they're telling me I need to um, – They obviously they've heard about the yields. they heard they might be able to get 15 20%. They're often very interested in head leases. They're told they can get a guaranteed rent back from the government. Um, they A lot of them believe that they can sort of get paid straight up. Uh, they've heard that the government can actually help them build – give them money to build the property. So these are a lot of the, the the ideas people have in their minds when they come to us, maybe for a second or a third opinion. They're also concerned that they're not getting the information from other marketers. They're being very cagey and they're not offering them information about the package, not even telling them the prices, the locations where these properties are. So uh, I guess they're coming to to find to us to find someone who can give them more information, mm. and and they've, that's what they call bait marketing. So they might promote a package for sale. Lo and behold, that package is no longer available. It sold you know five months, five weeks ago, and they use that just to get the inquiry in. And then when a client would ask, when they would ask the agent or give me more information, 
they may not give an address, they may, they may not give an area, they may not give a price, okay? Because there is no, um, nothing available on their books. And why do we know this? Is because we get so many agents coming to us asking our, our office for sales support, for mentoring, for stock for sale. They want to tap into our resources as well. And Debbie, when they ask you or, or the office here, what's your, what's your common response to these agents who ask you for help? Well, we ourselves have problems getting enough stock to sell to our many potential buyers. So... Why would we help someone else? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's like, you know, the blind leading the blind. When you, have, when you have an agent who doesn't know what he's doing and he's trying to lead someone else who has no idea what they're, what they're supposed to do either, it's just a, it's a recipe for disaster. So we would end up basically selling to that client anyway, doing all the over. hard work mm. uh, and this agent. Mm. So the purpose, the purpose of this, this podcast today, everyone, is to, say, is to what to watch out for and how to vet your agent you are talking to who is telling you that you've got to get into NDIS and buy this STA property, why it's so awesome. So, Debbie, what's – I mean, I have a few notes in, my, in front of me here, but what's, what's your red flags when talking to a client who's rung you to ask you for some guidance as to, as to whether they sh- – what to watch out for with this person in front of them? Well, obviously, probably the biggest one is is demand in in any one area. They what they want to know how they find out if there's a demand for participants in wherever we're selling our properties. And you should ask this agent, show me the demand. Absolutely, and if they don't know how to show you that, then that's going to be a big red flag. What's another red flag, Debbie? Uh, I guess the history and the experience of the agent. How long have they been doing NDIS? Have they even done it before? What do they know about it? And to really vet that, you look at their website? Website, maybe LinkedIn, Instagram, social media. Facebook and social media is a very good platform for you to look at to see what they're doing, okay? If you go to someone's website and all it says is apartments or resales or rental management, Right, you know they're definitely not in the NDS field. So, look at their profiles um, on social media publicly, and look at their reviews. Is, are there reviews, Debbie? Google reviews. Mm, definitely. Uh, yeah, reviews is a very big one. Obviously, we we do our best to get reviews from our buyers, uh, which we we advertise on social media. We we have them listed on our website. Um, and you won't find that probably from a lot of these agents because they've not sold anything. The other thing that I've come across is people coming to me saying, oh, I've been speaking to someone who's selling property, but they want us to pay them you know, $2,000 just to talk to them. Wow. <laughs> Should we do that? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have we'll, we'll, we'll $1,000. <laughs> so, yeah, be careful of people charging you money. There are a lot of people in this sector who don't belong in this sector, right? Um, you know, in life, there's a, there's a thing called the eyeball test. You just look at someone in the eyes and you know straight away who, who they are, what they represent, you know? And if you're far away, then do a Zoom call, right? But don't do business with someone you've never met or never seen. Don't do business with someone who does not have a 
public profile on their social medias showing exactly what they do, right? Look at their company. Do a search on their company on ASIC. Look at their their licenses, Debbie. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, find out if they've got insurance, PI insurance. Um, ask for advice from them in writing. Now, why would you ask for someone to find out whether they have PI insurance? Well, okay, you've bought a house on them. It's taken forever to build. Uh, the costs have gone up. Finally, it's ready. There's no tenants. They're stuck with a very expensive property and no income. So they might try and sue the agent. Now, that's a bit extreme. It's not the agent's fault that it's empty, Debbie. True. But as you and I have known in the past, in our past 15, 20 years in financial services, you are only exposed to risk like that litigation like that if you've done something wrong. Mm. Now, in this NDOS little market here of sales and transactions for SDA, what could have gone wrong either purposely or accidentally that was the fault of the agent? I guess they built in the wrong place. They built in an area where there was already oversupply. Uh, I think that's a little bit extreme. That's not the, not the agent's fault that he – what could be more, spe- be more specific? What could, go, what could an agent have done wrong? Promised. Promised. Returns. Returns. If there was some – dodgy deal or act behind the scenes, which was overinflated prices, maybe, which I know could happen. I was in Canberra last week and Rob and I were talking about how we saw two different clients have the same floor plan using the same builder, but a hundred grand price difference. Wow. Right? Now, I can't prove it, but gee whiz... When someone's, when a builder's charging extra hundred grand for a same build. And how would the agent be responsible for that? He may be collecting it. A builder would never do that. A builder wouldn't, well, look, there are side costs, I know, yeah, which is 10, 20, 30 grand, okay? But when you have a build quote of the same house for the same builder with a hundred grand difference in price. Yeah, there's something very dodgy going on there. Okay. So that's also exposure of risk that, uh, what well, li- potential litigation that a client can take against um, uh, a builder and an agent mm-hmm. if it's proven that he's taking um, under, the, under, the, under the table kind of money mm-hmm. like that, right? Um, what if he put something in writing, Debbie? He put, I promise, well, now he verbally says, uh, people are smart. They're not going to put things in writing they can't deliver, right? They, they might verbally say, oh, there's definitely participants, there's definitely 150 grand rent. Yes, 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 yes. For sure, for sure, for sure. If they if they make those kind of statements, which actually draws in the client to actually do a transaction, which is going to cost them eight, 900 grand, by the way, that's, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer here, but that's room for some action there mm. uh, where you are, what's the word? I'm not, false advertising? Yeah. It's just, it's bordering. False representation? Yeah. yeah. For, misleading, rep, misleading representation. Misleading, what's the word? The word is misleading and whatever it is, yeah. But, but, but you, should, you should look at someone's license. If you're buying a, if you're buying a, um, a Melbourne property from a Sydney agent, first of all, are you, are you licensed in Melbourne as well? I know we are. 
We as an organisation, we have corporate licences in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and Perth, Western Australia, right? Slowly getting all these states. But you go look at their profile on their website. Are they licensed in every state to do real estate? Remember, this is a very complex real estate transaction. It's it's like it's bordering on property advice, financial advice, and NDIS advice. That's what it really is, right? And unfortunately, there's no recognised, um, you know, uh, authority to to recognise this this kind of complex transaction. Yeah. So be very careful who you talk to with regards to your purchase, your acquisition, right? Yeah. Um, any other? Any? Oh, here's another thing, Debbie. Um, people talk about supply and demand, demand map. Explain to all this is what 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 and where is the demand map? The demand map is published by the NDIS on their website. It's a tool that you can go to and and look in very in depth, suburb by suburb, the demand for specialist disability accommodation homes by participants. Now there's two resources here on the website. There's that SDA demand, right? But there's also a general demand. General. Now, demand, yes. I, used, I used to use, and I still use the general demand map. It doesn't talk about SDA, but it's, it shows you, you, you bring your, put your postcode in, you hover over the map, and you, you can choose the, the little suburbs around this little spot, the postcode you want. You can actually see the breakdown of the participants, the total participants in the area. Uh, we're not talking about SDA here, talking about general silver participants, right? And you can see the, um, the volume of money being spent in the area by the NDIS. The workers, the number of participants, the category of their disability as well. That's right. Now, if you are an, an investor who's chasing after a HPS investor, right, you can look at this list of 3,000 participants in this area, for example, autism, mental, um, uh, Psycho, psychosis, whatever the breakdown stroke of stroke victims, yeah. cerebral palsy, yeah. go down to spinal injury, spinal injury, yeah, and that is where the HPSs are, mm-hmm. right? Because let's be honest, if you're in a wheelchair, you have a spinal injury. Mm-hmm. You look at that number there, and it might say five or ten or whatever, right? That's the easiest way for you to use these tools, this resource to see. The macro view of this little region, wherever the region is on this demand map on the NDS website, mm-hmm. and break it down to the numbers. What's the population of the area? I mean, and also, Debbie, look, you know, I would never put an investor into a, a small town in the middle of nowhere, a regional town, if the numbers don't support it. When I say numbers, I mean the, 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 the stable, num- that total number of participants. As well as the provider organisations in the area. And their workers. And the spinal injury numbers as well in that demand map. So there are ways, people always ask us, how do do I know? Where do I go? And where should I invest in? And there are subtle ways to actually find this information in in these resources. And unless you know where to look and how to look for it, I I could understand why it's hard to figure all this out. Correct, Debbie? Very much so, Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is what we do all day long, and we're still figuring it out. (laughs) So if your agent or consultant you're talking to doesn't know this information, that's a red flag right there. Mm. Yep. Because he should be, he or she should be analysing this data, not trying to do a quick sale. Mm. Because at the moment, as we all know, in the property industry, it's a pretty tough market out there. And and all agents, well, I won't say all, but a lot of agents are trying to do 
do their do their quick sale to make their make their market them the money. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I guess you need to be asking for advice in writing from any marketer or agent you're looking to buy through if they're promising certain yields, if they're promising that they can get participants in there. Uh, you could ask for a provider's comfort letter if they do have a provider connected with the property and the provider is happy to state that they are confident they'll have tenants ready to go. The provider comfort letter, well, I'll say two things, one or two things. One is we endorse this area and this build design and we were, we are confident we'll fill it up, as Debbie says, one. Or two, we have already got participants earmarked for this house and they're waiting to move in upon completion. Yeah. So if, if you get something like that, then that is obviously going to be a big plus. You can be pretty confident you're going to have tenants in your place and that'll give you an idea of what your returns are going to be and when you're going to start getting them. Another thing is what to watch out for as well, Debbie, for our listeners is if you're being presented a build package product, look at who the builder is. Go to their website. Look at their Instagram. Look at their LinkedIn. What are they doing online? Look at their reviews. And you know what? Ask them directly. How many SDA houses have you built? How many are you building? Um, and you know what? Builders are not going to lie. They're not going to lie. They'll, they'll, they'll say it's their first one or it's their the hundredth one or whatever. They will tell the truth. Okay. So again, you need that that line of sight to the builder to be able to talk to them. And if the agent is not going to let you talk to the builder, that's another red flag right there. Why not? I'm about to spend a, you know, a million bucks here, eight, eight nine thousand dollars here. You want to let me talk to the builder? Why not? Mm-hmm. What's going on? So, a, 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 understandably, builders and providers don't have time to talk to every investor ringing up. We know that. Yeah. That, right? But we're talking about all the red flags that could pop up here. Okay. So, if they're a good builder who wants to be part of this business industry, they should want to talk to you and, and whatnot. Number one. Number two, if the providers are there who want this, see this project, this build happen, delivered, they will want to talk to you or give you a letter in writing. Okay. So, Please ask for this information. Ask for a connection to these people because this is a big decision here. This this decision to invest in SDA property in the NDS market is going to make you or break you as an investor because the market isn't about the the SDA market isn't isn't for mum and dad's Debbie. It's for the the big players, fund managers, mm-hmm. and developers, and builders, right? So you know, as an investor, you cannot afford a mistake. And the potential mistakes are wrong lending product, wrong provider, wrong sales service, wrong participant, wrong area, wrong price, wrong build quality, uh, wrong valuation. There are so many um, moving parts of this equation, this, this process, right, that could affect the outcome of this uh, investment for you. Yeah. there be any final words of advice for you, to our listeners about yeah. what to watch out for when when working with a real estate agent for NDIS. Well, obviously, we tell everybody, do your due diligence by researching SDA before you get into it. Understand how it all works. The same with your agent. Research them. Make sure they know what they're doing, that they're uh, transparent with everything they do and that you're getting the right advice from them. And my final, my final words of advice is, if you are a real estate agent, 
And I know who you are out there. I know who you are. Right? I'll call you out. If you're out there trying to pull in a hundred grand commission on a sale of property, shame on you. Shame on you for trying to um, impact the outcome of this product being delivered to the market for disability community. Okay. That's my personal opinion, not my professional opinion. Okay. I apologize if I'm a little bit too rough there, but there are people who don't belong in the NDIS market. And, and as you've seen, all seen the news lately, even on 60 Minutes, right? Only a month ago, there are a lot of criminals who are ripping the NDI, NDIS off by billions of dollars, right? I'm only talking about 100 grand here for a real estate agent, right? But there are criminals out there who are ripping off the NDIS who are, who, who are taking money away from the participants who need the money most, okay? Anyway, that's all I have to say. Debbie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure you are subscribed and following us so you can keep in the loop with all of our upcoming episodes. We would really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating, a written review, and to share this podcast with those that could benefit. Until next time, catch you on the next episode.